Hello, Christian singles. Welcome back to another podcast episode. If you are not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe here on Podbean or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that you listen to. And you can also follow us on Instagram at MySingleplus. You can also follow the blog at MySingleplus.com. If you're looking for a space where you will find fellow Christian singles who are coming together to support one another, to encourage one another, give each other hope, and you definitely want to check out the Christian Singles Hub. We are ambassadors for them. You can go to the ChristianSinglesHub.com to find out all about it. Again, that's the ChristianSinglesHub.com. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. This is literally the last few days of February, and then we will be in March. So we are coming up on the first full quarter of 2023. And I know for a lot of us, the new year definitely has us thinking about goals and where we want to be in life. And by the time we get to the end of February, even into the beginning of March, it's possible that you have fallen off or you maybe have gotten sidetracked or distracted with your goals, but you can always start again today. So don't feel like it's over because you haven't done anything these last couple of weeks. All it takes is a decision and you can start again today. So I hope that encourages you. But for today's episode... It really is something that I've been thinking about and pondering about, and it was even discussed um, last night. And I think sometimes we forget in this singleness journey, we forget overall as believers that our lives are meant to point people to Jesus. And I want you to know first and foremost that that is the goal of the Christian Singles Hub. So, you know, I've talked about it, I've shared about it, I'm an ambassador for it, I'm part of the leaders team, and we definitely discuss on a monthly basis and we come together and we, you know, just really talk things through like, okay, where do we see this community going? How do we want to serve singles in this season? How do we want to encourage them, give them hope? So as we were talking, I really, that really resonated with me that at the end of the day, our heart is to point people to Jesus. Yes, you can very well meet your spouse in our Facebook group. There are over 5,000 plus members in the Facebook group. And you can definitely join the Hub Insiders and get even more intentional community where you're not sharing all of your personal life to the masses, but that you can have your inner circle, like your Peter, James, and your John, people who you know that you can talk to, be honest with, and be vulnerable with. And I definitely advise you to have an inner circle. If you don't have that, you can definitely start with the Hub Insiders because that is a great place to start because a lot of people, and I think it's just because of the culture that we live in, we share everything on social media. We share personal things and people say, well, I'm just being real. I get that. I'm all about being honest and I'm all about being authentic. But some stuff should not go out to the masses. You know, some stuff should not be that public. There are some vulnerable things that I think should only be saved for your inner circle. And if you don't have that, then definitely be prayerful about the Hub Insiders and pray in the meantime, you know, like God, you know, who are my Peter, James and John? Who are the people that I can be vulnerable with? But getting back to the heart of our mission, I think it is something that we need to be reminded of that our lives are meant to point people to Jesus, whether you're single or married, whether you have someone or you don't have someone. 
And even with me, you all know that I'm definitely entering a new season of life. But even with my impending marriage, I still want to point people to Jesus. So to kind of give you a glimpse into some behind the scenes, we are in the planning stages. We are first and foremost, premarital counseling, but we are in the planning stages. And I would definitely keep you all um, aware because I, I do believe that this will not be for me, I'm like, Lord, I don't want this to be just a wedding, if that makes sense. I don't want this to be something that people come to and there's good food. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. You know, you want to celebrate with friends. You want to celebrate with family. But even now, I still want my upcoming marriage to point people to Jesus. And so as I've talked about this with my fiance, we're definitely in agreement. It's like, yes, it's going to be a memorable day. Yes, there's going to be fun. Yes, there's going to be pictures. Yes, there's going to be music. But our hearts, first and foremost, like we want people to look at us and say, wow, God put those two together. Or wow, God is still putting kingdom relationships together. Like we want this to inspire people. We don't want people to walk away from like, oh, she got married or yeah, it's great for them. They got married, but it's still not me. I don't want people to walk away from that. I really want people to walk away with having an encounter. Like I definitely want the ceremony to reflect God. And so there are going to be prayers that are going forth. There's going to be um, praise and worship throughout in terms of music being played in the background because that's who I want to be the center. And it would be sad for me or anybody else. It would be really sad to get married in a relationship covenant that started back in the Garden of Eden when God brought Eve to Adam and he said, bone of my bone, flesh in my flesh, and he took her as his wife. It would be sad. And it's sad that it still happens to this day. It's sad when people get married and God is not the center of it. It's sad when we come to, you know, the decision to marry someone, but we haven't consulted God about it. Or yeah, we involved God, but it was really about us and what we wanted and how we saw things. And we were coming in with our own preconceived ideas of what marriage is. And as I learn and as I grow in this area, as I go from one season to the next, I'm like, Lord, this is going to kick up me dying to myself to another level. That's how I see this. I mean, yes, there's the fun. Yes, there's romance. Yes, there's, you know, the opportunity to spend your life with someone. Absolutely. But the reality for me is really kicking in like, God, you know, less of me, even more so and more for what's best for us and, you know, him as well. Like, okay, Lord, I'm going to learn how to truly give myself in order to be the husband that you call me to be to my wife as Christ gave himself for the church. So I understand why, you know, when I, I didn't understand what I would go to weddings, the few that I did go to, um, cause some weddings I attended when I was a teenager, I really didn't understand when the lines were read, when it said marriage is not to be entered into lightly, but sober mindedly and in the fear of God. But I get it now. It's like, don't take this decision lightly. You are making a covenant choice. And unfortunately, some people didn't see it that way. And unfortunately, it's led into marriages that didn't thrive. And if you are someone that went through that and now you're like, well, you know what? I did do that, but now I know better and I'm going to do better. And I want my marriage to be Christ-centered. I want my marriage to point people to Jesus. Then I definitely am believing for you that God will bring that to pass for you. And then some of you did do things the right way and maybe you lost your spouse. Maybe you're a widow or a widower. Things happen in life. I don't understand, but whether you're single or married, 
our lives are meant to point people to Jesus. So in singleness right now, how are you pointing people to Jesus? When it's easy to complain about singleness, when it's easy to be negative, when it's easy to make these. And sometimes we have to realize that what comes out of our mouth can, I mean, we may think it sounds funny. We, we may think we're being sarcastic, but our words have power, you all. I remember listening to a sermon by Pastor Michael Todd when he was talking about, I think it's, I think it's the sermon that said, um, because I said so, or something along those lines, or I said what I said. I think that's the name of it. I said what I said. And he was just reemphasizing the importance of our words. So we may think, you know, well, I'm always going to be alone or yeah, that happened for them, but I guess I'm going to be, you know, the only single person on the block, you know, with all the animals in the house, or I guess, you know, this is going to be, it's like, we, we instantly go there and we make fun of where we are. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes we laugh to keep from crying. Sometimes it's easier to make a joke about it but can we really really think about what we're saying let's really think about what we're saying it's easy to say well I guess I'm just gonna be alone you're never alone according to the word of God absolutely not you are never alone his word says I will never leave you nor forsake you and I remember listening to this in a sermon and this one was by Pastor Jerry Flowers I think the episode was Things I wish, I think the title of the sermon, I think it was him and his wife, they partner together because sometimes they do that, they'll preach together. But I think this one was called Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married. And he said something that really hit me and it came back to mind in our leaders meeting with the hub, basically like, how are we so ready for a spouse? And if Jesus were to return right now, <laughs> it's like, how are you ready for a spouse more than you're ready for Christ's return? And we see what's happening in the world. You know, we see the wars, we see just the, the, the killings, the senseless acts of violence. But even in that, God is still moving. We see revivals happening on college campuses. We see people who are crying out for God and God is pouring out his spirit and God is moving in the lives of young people. And, you know, so it's not like God is not doing anything because the Bible does say where darkness abounds, grace abounds all the more. So God is never going to let Satan outdo him. Satan may be having his kick and doing his stuff, whatever it is, but he's never, ever, ever going to be a step ahead of God, no matter what he tries. He's still on a leash. He's still pulled back. And I don't want to see what happens when Christ does return and Satan has his field day without the leash and he does whatever he wants to do. So it's like, how are we ready for a spouse more than we're ready for the return of Christ? How are we more ready, you know, to meet somebody as opposed to being intentional with being in the presence of God? You know, so it definitely, it definitely does make you think like, Lord, is my life now again, pointing people to you? Can people look at me and say, you know, she's, she's trusting God or her focus is on God. And I know with me, as the date approaches, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I, I guess for me and my personality, I'm not one to be the center of attention. I don't have to be in the spotlight. I don't have to be in the forefront, but I can't avoid that as the bride. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Lord, I mean, if, if, if eyes are going to be on me throughout this entire process leading up to the day where I exchange vows with my future husband, I want people to see you. Again, I want people to see like, wow. And you all, I'll be honest, I've shared things um, in episodes before, but there was a lot of backlash that I would get 
in my 12 years of singleness before meeting my future husband. And sometimes it would come from people just saying, oh, it was just a joke or, you know, you're being too sensitive. So I, I have heard those things like, you know, you're not getting any younger or your standards are too high or girl, nobody going to put up with that type of thing. And there were so many times where I was tempted to settle. There were so many times where I was thinking, you know what, God, maybe maybe I am asking for too much. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe this is just wishful thinking. But God, when I tell you the conviction was so strong that I couldn't settle. I'm like, Lord, I don't care how long it takes. And it took me a while to get there. It really did because I saw, you know, it's hard when you're getting older and some of you are older than me. And you're like, I'm past, like I'm past 40, I'm past 50, I'm almost 60 and I've never met my spouse or somebody maybe younger than me thinking, well, I don't wanna, you know, get married after 30, you know, I I, I don't wanna, you know, I, I, I would like to be married, you know, by this age and we have it in mind of what we want. But even though we may not be necessarily where we want to be, can your life be a testimony now and still point people to Jesus? Despite what you feel, despite what you're going through, despite the lows, despite the discouragement, despite those feelings of hopelessness, can you still point people to Jesus? And I remember the few conversations that I had, and sometimes it was um, hard and I had to correct some people sometimes. And then sometimes God was like, no, this is not even worth, you know, debating over, Dari, just let it go. And I'm like, wow, Lord. And so though I wanted to, in a sense, stand up for myself and justify what I was doing, I didn't have to. God showed me that I did not have to. You don't have to explain why, you're, why, why you've chosen to be kingdom. And that's hot off the press. I don't think I've ever said that before, but take that as a, a, a confirmation for a lot of you who feel like serving God is getting anywhere. I was listening to the New Testament today. Your labor for the Lord is not in vain. Your sacrifices for the Lord are not in vain. You pursuing your calling, even though it means other things don't get attended to because it's not the right time. It's not in vain. I don't know why God has you in this lane. I don't but it's not in vain. And you do not have to justify to anybody why you're doing what God has called you to do. It wasn't a conference call. I remember seeing that post on Instagram and it was basically saying, if God calls you to do something, it's not like he invited other people to listen. It was not a conference call. They don't get to say so. Now, yes, absolutely. I'm not saying that we need to ignore other people. God can definitely give wisdom. That's what I meant by earlier, your, your inner circle, people that can come alongside you and pray for you and encourage you, and they can see your blind spots. They can correct you in love. Absolutely. So I'm not saying that we don't need community to keep us accountable, but I do know that if God has called you to do something, he will confirm it in other people even without you saying anything, like somebody can say something to you and speak over you. And you'd be like, wow, God was just talking to me about that last night. Or wow, God, I sensed the same thing this morning in prayer. So the person talking to you is confirming what God is already speaking to you about. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, it, it may feel like it's getting nowhere. It may feel like nothing is happening, but you never know what is happening. There's so much going on behind the curtain that we don't realize that God is doing. Some things he's protecting us from, some things he's keeping for us. It's not keeping back and holding back from us. God's not holding back from us. Some things he's keeping for us, some things he's preserving for us. Cause I'm telling you, if I had met my future husband back in 2015, it wouldn't have worked. 
I'm telling you right now, it wouldn't have worked. If I met him back in 2011, it wouldn't have worked. So throughout this entire process of the ups and downs, feeling discouraged, dealing with backlash and dealing with comments from people and people saying stuff and, you know, oh, you're not married yet. Oh, you're not married yet. Oh, you're not dating anybody. Well, you're not getting And It's like some people just don't know what to say. They don't. But I still have a choice that I don't have to take what they say to heart. And you may have to create an emotional boundary. I've had to do that just recently. Like, Lord, regardless of what people say or what people do, I'm not going to allow that to dampen my spirit, to discourage me from what I believe you've called me to do. And it's not going to make me question who I am. And I have to practice that. Like when I hear stuff, when people say stuff, I have to say it out loud. Lord, I choose not to let this to dampen my spirit, make me doubt what you've called me to do and make me doubt who you've made me to be. Because some people are just never going to understand. But that doesn't mean that I have to dim my light in order for them to get it. So I encourage you, regardless of wherever you are in life, ask yourself, Lord, am I pointing people to you? Despite what's being said, despite what you may be feeling, even in the low times, even in the discouraging times, can people see that you're still trusting God, even if things aren't going your way? And I know that's difficult. I absolutely know that that is difficult. There's still some seasons that I'm walking through and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, God, am I doing something wrong? God, what, like, is this happening or is this happening? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is that he will sustain you. He will sustain you. He will strengthen you. And we were even discussing this, my mom and my sisters, on the way home from church yesterday. And... I was comparing it to, if you haven't seen season three, again, (laughs) of the end of The Chosen, I'm going to be referencing it. But Peter didn't understand why God was blessing and healing others. And he himself was going through something pretty tragic, like very, very tragic. It hurt his heart. It hurt his wife. And they're just in pain, just the intense, intense pain. And he's like, I don't understand why these people get healed immediately you're choosing them, but here I am. I've been faithful. I've been serving you and I believe in who you say you are and yet I'm suffering. And we were talking about that on the way home from church. And I think how best I can explain it, it's almost as if when you first come into the faith, you know, things may very well happen immediately, but God wants to take you deeper. And because he wants to take you deeper, some things may not happen right away like they used to because I think God doesn't want us to get stuck in a method. I don't think God wants to get stuck in a formula. Well, I fasted for 10 days and God did this, so I'll do that again next time, next time I want something. God does not want us to get stuck in a formula. He does not want us to get stuck in a method. He wants us to be committed to him regardless if he does bless or if he doesn't. The key is, are you committed to God? I think that's really what it boils down to. Are you committed to God? And for a lot of people, they need a miracle to believe. For some, God knows what's going to get our attention. God knows like, okay, this miracle, whether it's an emotional, mental, or physical, God knows that, okay, this person needs this in order to be reached. But for some of us, that doesn't happen. I don't know why, but we still trust him regardless if he does or doesn't. It's not about the blessing. 
It's about him. It's not about the gift. It's about the giver. He's still the prize, even when it feels like everything around us is being lost. You still win, even when you feel like you've lost everything else in the world. And it reminds me of Matthew 13 and 44, I believe, where Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds buried treasure. And he sells everything that he has in order to buy the field where this treasure is. So I take that to mean as everything that he owned didn't compare to the value that he found with that buried treasure. And who knows how far he had to dig to get it. Because some of us will dig a few times and then we'll give up. Like, okay, I didn't get it in the first try. Okay, I didn't get it in the second try. Okay, third time's a charm, right? Well, I didn't get it then, so I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. But what if the sign of maturity is we keep digging? What if the sign that we really are committed to God is like, God, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to keep digging until I get to where you want me to be, until I have what it says that you say I can have. I'm not going to stop until I get my promise. Same way with Jacob. He said, I'm not letting go, God, until you bless me. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. Winds can be blowing in my face. The rain can be pouring. I'm going to stay right here. And you'd be surprised how many people see that. And they witness you being committed despite what it is you may be going through. And they're blessed by it. They're encouraged by it. So all in all, God wants us strong in the faith. He wants us solid in him. So ask yourself that question. God, am I pointing people to you? With where I am right now, am I still pointing people to you? Can people look at my life and still see Christ moving? So... I pray that that blessed you. I pray that that encouraged you. And I pray that that gave you hope. So, Lord, thank you for those that are listening right now, men and women. Father, I know that the desire for a relationship for a lot of us is strong. Some of us, we want it. And then, Father, some of us, we really, really want it. But, Father, I pray that we don't desire it out of desperation, that we don't desire it out of hopelessness. Father, we will only love our spouse to the degree that we love you. So if our love for you is shallow, if our love for you is weak, if our love for you is only surface, that's only how far we can go with our spouse, Father. You are the blueprint on how to love our spouse as well. You are the blueprint and how to serve them well. You are the blueprint on how to treat them and how to be generous with them. You are the blueprint. So Father, if we're looking to the world and we're looking to culture for relationship advice and how to get a man or how to get a woman or how to get a date, Father, yes, there are great resources out there. Yes, sometimes we need the practicality of things. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. But Father, if we're so focused on the how, we'll forget about the who. And the who is you. We want you to be the center of our lives, first and foremost, and we want you to be the center of our relationships. It's sad, Father, when couples come together to get married, husbands and wives come together, and Jesus is not even mentioned, or Jesus is not even invited. Your presence is not invited. But Father, I believe once again that you are putting kingdom relationships together men and women who will come together and say, as for me and my marriage and as for me and my house, God will be the center. They're inviting your presence. Yes, it's nice to have the ceremony that's beautiful and the decorations and absolutely, God, it's fine. But if you're missing, if you're missing, God, what is all that other stuff? And I don't want you missing. I don't want you absent, Father. 
I want you present. And I pray, Father, that men and women listening right now would have that same desire, that they want you present even now in their singleness, even now, Father, when there may not be a relationship status. Father, I pray that they would just trust your perfect timing. You're not holding back anything from us, Lord. If anything, you're keeping and preserving things for us. Who knows what you're protecting us from? Who knows, Father, what you're trying to make sure that nothing, who knows what you're holding Satan back from, Lord? I mean, the times that Satan tried to get at Job, but there was a hedge because you didn't tell him that you had a hedge around Job. He said it. So for him to know means that he tried several times. Who knows how many times before He's like, you have a hedge around Job. How, how did he know? So, Father, we don't know the things that you've kept away and that you've kept at bay because of your love for us, God. Like any loving parent, they're not going to give their child sugar every single day. Like a loving parent, they're not going to just say yes to everything that their child wants to do. There has to be boundaries. There has to be lessons taught father they have to learn and father for some of us we're in the learning stages and it's hard and it's difficult but i pray lord that we will realize that our that our labor for you in the kingdom is not in vain we can thrive right now we can give you glory right now we can live our lives out in such a way that people can see christ in us and father i pray for a revival with christian singles We're seeing revival all across this country. But Father, I pray for revival with Christian singles, for the Christian singles that feel hopeless, for the Christian singles that feels like it's not going anywhere, for the Christian singles who feels like it's hopeless and, you know, I'm going to be alone forever and maybe this is it and maybe I'm just going to die alone. I pray for a revival right now for the men and women who feel like giving up, who feel like settling, who are getting in toxic relationships that don't belong who are choosing, Father, to just take what they can get, thinking that, you know, maybe, well, maybe I am asking for too much. Absolutely not. I bind the spirit of settling. I bind the spirit of discouragement and that we would just keep our eyes focused on you. Because when we keep our eyes focused on you, whatever problems we may be facing, they seem meaningless. They have less power. So, Father, I just pray that we would just trust you we would just trust the process that you were taking us through. It may feel like the valley of the shadow of death that, we, that we're walking through. But your word says we will fear no evil because you are with us and your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You are with us, Father, even when it feels like we are in the fire. And even, Father, when it feels like you're doing things for other people and we're getting left behind, you're not leaving us behind. It's not that you're showing favoritism because others get married or others get in relationships or others get engaged and we're left out. That doesn't mean that, God. It doesn't mean that. You still have our best interest at heart. You're still working everything out for our good, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that we can trust you. And I pray that we would just bring that pain to you, that we would bring those triggers to you, that we would bring, Father, those disappointments to you. Surrender them at your feet, realizing, Father, that you do have good plans for us, plans not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. 
There is hope in you, Jesus. There is hope in you, Holy Spirit. And I pray that we as Christian singles, we would continue to edify each other and encourage one another. That we won't tear each other down. That we won't make the other person feel bad because they're feeling some type of way and they're expressing that. But Father, I pray that we would encourage them, Father. Yes, there are times to correct in love. But Father, I pray we just continue to uplift one another. Keep each other uplifted in prayer, Lord God. Because we are not alone. We've never been abandoned. <laughs> Remember that song? You are our inheritance. You are our strength and shield. And we have confidence. We have confidence in you, Lord God. True confidence. And we will not be shaken. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much once again for listening. Again, I pray that you were blessed, encouraged, and that you found hope. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Also follow the blog, mysingleplus.com, and follow on Instagram at mysingleplus. And once again, you're always welcome to join the Christian Singles Hub on Facebook. We have over 5,000 members going on 6,000 probably pretty soon (laughs) and we would love to have you you're also welcome to join the hub insiders if you're looking for more close-knit community so all the info is in our website mysingleplus.com so you all stay safe out there talk to you all next time god bless bye